last year we played a little game called the biggest blind spots we had, right? The biggest movie yes. blind spots. And this week we've gone and watched one. We've gone and watched a big one that's nearly mm -hmm. 50 years old. I'd never seen it. I think you'd seen it once. I had seen it. I think I said at a sleepover through my eyes like <laughs> that when I was really young. Well, as you can tell through that, it is a horror film. We have gone and finally watched The Exorcist. 1973, mm -hmm. William Friedkin's very famous, you know, culture-defining horror film. Mark Kermode famously calls it his favorite film of all time. It's also like the scary film. Yeah. Is that wrong yeah. to say? It's like the scary film if you were to say, like, what is the scariest, scariest film, film of all time? time right? yeah, yeah, exactly. The Exorcist. So... Um, we've both watched it this week at mm -hmm. different times. James took the very strange decision to watch it this morning. I it this morning. <laughs> I'd run out of time. I'd seen Belfast. And I was like, I really need to see The Exorcist. I was meant to do it last night. Ended up going out for a late dinner last night. Right. And I wanted to watch it, but it was tired. So I was like, oh, it's fine. If I get up, George's coming at 10. If I get up at 8, I can just get right. this film out. Which I know, not... Not perfect conditions to, no. to watch it, but still, uh, I felt like I needed to have a lie down afterwards, which we can get into, but that film doesn't rest. No, we'll right. get into it. Let, but we'll like, get into it. Yeah. So look, obviously, this film that came out 50 years ago, many of you maybe haven't seen it, many of you God, don't want 50, to see is it. What, is it the 50th? It's no. a 1973, so actually 73. 49 years. 49. If you think about it, they would have filmed it in 72. So let's say 50 sure. years for the sake of argument, right? Um, yeah, many people haven't seen it. Many people maybe don't want to see it, but they want to- see. everyone knows about it. Everyone knows about it. Um, what, what's it about? Let's give you the gist. Yeah. So it was made in 1973, as we know, by directed by William Friedkin. He'd only made a few films before this, famously uh, French Connection, 1971. Yeah. Have you seen The French Connection? No, I've not, but right. I need we'll have really to add that to, to the it. list. Great yes. film, great crime thriller with uh, Gene Hackman. Got a wonderful car chase in that. So uh, the same year The French Connection was released, a novel came out called The Exorcist, which was written by William Peter Blatty. And it became a really big uh, success a bestseller in its time, which I know anecdotally from reading Peter Blatty's, William Peter Blatty's obituary when he died in 2017, the reason it was able to get such a big push was that he was on like The Tonight Show promoting it and he had a very early slot, which is the least important slot. Yeah. But Robert Shaw, who we talked about with Jaws, yes. right? was enjoying a little bit too much green room hospitality. Yeah, I bet. was enjoying the, you know, the, 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 the refreshments a little Robert too Shaw much. Jaws yeah, yeah. Um, and so he didn't come on for ages. So they had to keep William Peter Blatty on talking about it. And he was a very good conversation. He was very good at talking. And so he just got loads he of He got minutes. loads of airtime to talk about The Exorcist. Oh, wow. So loads of people went out and bought it. Loads of people went out and read it. And it became this big thing. Then, you know, Friedkin gets attached to, to, um, uh, to direct it and make it. And uh, Warner Brothers is the studio. I've got some facts here I want to read through to you just yeah, to contextualize yeah, the it. film and bring people into this world because many people listening like me will not have known much about it. I, I must say going in, here's what I knew about The Exorcist. I knew some of the images. Yeah. I knew some of the moments in it, but I did not know the story. I did not oh, know fine. how it ended. Yeah. Um, all I knew was like the sort of cultural conversation around it. I was surprised it. by how much of it I had retained. So re-watching it in a way that I couldn't, I didn't know the film well at all. Yes. But I was like, oh, like I know this scene and I know obviously like not just the famous moments. So I was like, yeah, like uh, this is all actually quite familiar. Yeah. And I was again reminded of how uh, just completely like all encompassing yes. that film was in terms of it, like its effect on 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 pop culture, yes. like like the number of scenes which have been taken onto all the exactly. other scary films. This is why we wanted to watch it. It's such a massive film. It's yeah. a massive blind spot. You we forget how, how okay. So uh, essentially, uh, the 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 premise is that it's about a teenage girl, twelve year. Well, she's actually I think she's twelve in the in the in the 12. film uh, called Reagan uh, and her and her mother in Georgetown, Washington, D.C. Um, Reagan becomes 
possessed by a demon, which leads to uh, an inevitable exorcism mm. um, uh, by the titular exorcist. Okay, so we've got some facts I'm just going to run through for you. So, like, principal photography was very diff- difficult. Yeah. A fire destroyed a lot of the set. It was a cursed um, set. Yeah, Ellen Burstyn, who plays the, the mother, was uh, had injuries from a, an accident. So did Linda Blair, who was... During filming, she, like, slipped on a coccyx or something. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, um, it, it was it turned down by a lot of studios, a lot of stars... Um, when it was released, it was only released in 24 theaters. Yeah. Um, but then it became a, and it had a sort of mixed reviews, but it had a massive word of mouth. Um, people were queued. It was famously a cold winter and people queued outside for ah. hours to go see it. But before we get to that, um, I mean, this is sort of the overview, like the cultural conversation. Mm. The cultural conversation became massive and it became the first horror film to be nominated for the best picture award at the yep. Oscars and it won two for sound design and best adapted screenplay okay uh, it was the highest grossing R-rated horror film of all time unadjusted for inflation until it came out in 2017 yep. so The Exorcist is uh, a character called Lancaster Merrin um, they wanted Marlon Brando to play they him did, yeah. and they said no that would make it a Marlon Brando picture get rid of that uh, Mike Nichols who uh, directed The Graduate you know fantastic director turned down the project because he didn't believe they could find a teenage girl, an actress who could pull off the physical demand of playing a possessed mm. child, which we'll go into. Um, they looked at Denise Nickerson, who was Violet Beauregard in Willy, Willy Wonka, yeah. the Fo- Charlotte, um, Chocolate Factory, but our parents didn't want to do it. Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis of course, who would later be in Halloween, yeah. um, but uh, Janet Leigh um, didn't want her to do it. Um, um, and eventually, obviously, they found, they found Linda Blair. Who did actually struggle to shake the... The typecasting. Oh god, the yeah, yeah. yeah it's like a, it's, when it's such a massive it's film like into that. Your mind, isn't it? Um, there's a lot of stuff in it about uh, her voice um, mm. um, when she is possessed. It's like this, it's clearly a different piece of sound design. It's not yeah. Linda Blair's voice. Um, they originally wanted to use Linda Blair's voice and deepen it and roughen it up in post production, but. Um, uh, William Friedkin felt it wasn't effective enough in some scenes, so they hired Oscar-winning actress Mercedes McCambridge, who is an experienced voice actress and who Orson Welles once called the world's greatest living re- radio actresses, right? right okay. To um, voice the demon inside of her, which the demon called uh, Puzazu, but it's not Puzazu, referred to that in the no. film, actually. Is it written anywhere? I think it must be in the novel. It must in the be. novel, right. Okay. Um, the editing of the title sequence was uh, designed by a guy. It was one of his first projects, and he was so successfully went on to do Star Wars, Taxi Driver, and like Gangs of New York. Wow. Um, it was a massive cultural conversation. Yeah, you said there was a cold winter. Yeah. And then it became this thing. The story became more than the film. It became about um, uh, th- uh, how the film was being received. Mm. And they said something like, "No film has ev- no film's audience." has ever received so much attention in the press as much as the Exorcist audience did. And you had the whole religious tension attached yeah, to it you as had well. Yeah, you know, it was, it was saying things banned. about... Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it, was, it was throwing a lot of dirt uh, at the Catholic Church. Um, but it became this fever, this kind of like um, uh, fever pitch where I'm sure the studios whipped it up to like, you know, sell tickets yeah. uh, to get the spectacle. There, you know, there were people vomiting, passing out. Uh, There's a, a miscarriage. There was rumored to be a, a miscarriage, you know, miscarriage, I, I mean, yeah. d- dark stuff. Ambulances on standby. Yeah, ambulances on standby. People, yeah. people like passing out in cinemas and breaking their jaws on the seats, like really. You, is, know. you know, when we did our thing on Jaws, we were talking about films that had such an intense audience reaction. Yes. It's like George with people just going in the sea and sharks. Yes, and yeah. then this with horror 
anything to do with demonic possession. This has truly changed what people thought of religion. I think. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, some journalists really found it annoying because they felt that the conversation about the exorcist and the, uh, was was detracting from the Watergate scandal. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and it was just I taking remember. up too much news. Yeah, um, <laughs> but. Um, you know, it was a rare horror film, one critic said, is that became part of the national conversation. So um, that's the kind of gist. I'll give you the, the, you know, the plot, like I said. Yeah. It, the film begins um, in a very cinematic fashion. It's like all told through um, images and little words. Lancaster Merrin, the, um, played by Max von Sydow, um, is at a dig in, in Iraq and there's some sort of um, imposing imagery and then we cut back to... Um, Statues of the devil. Yeah, yeah. Of, and there's like ill, bad, bad omens and, and dogs old, fighting. Uh, these old, uh, what are they called? Like relics. Symbolic, yeah, relics. Things buried in, long buried but in the not ground. Not anything said. And it's yeah. just him looking at images and, and feeling... Um, and like the clock stopping when mm. he goes into that room. Yeah, it's very unnerving. So... I mean, I don't think I've missed anything out. That's the sort of context for it. And yeah. like I said, from that, it became huge influential. It follows this woman who's a famous actress who's shooting a film locally with, yes. a, with a film director. Ah. And it sort of implied that she has a lot of, she's wealthy, sort of socializes in a sort yes. of upper middle class uh, company. And she has yes. a lot of money and resources. And that's kind of part of it is that no matter what kind of medical help she receives, yes. the ever scaling, yeah. like eventually turns into like a room of doctors trying to figure out what's wrong with her. And mm. they realize they need to get God involved. Exactly. Yeah. And the and the role of the mother is really important. And uh, it's Ellen Burstyn, who would obviously go on to be in loads of stuff, like Requiem for a Dream. She's really big in that. Yeah. Like, she's just in loads of, of things. But originally, at the time she wasn't known, they first went to Audrey Hepburn to play the mother. Yes, I saw that. She couldn't do it because she lived in Rome. Yeah. They tried to get Anne Bancroft, but she was pr pregnant. Jane Fonda didn't want to do it. Shirley MacLaine had already been in like, a demon possession film. And eventually they arrived at um, Ellen Burstyn. Um, and the third character we haven't actually mentioned, or fourth rather, so you've got... The daughter, Reagan. The mother, Chris. The uh, exorcist, Lancaster Merrin. And also the fourth character called Father Karras, yeah. uh, who was played by an actor who actually had no acting experience. He was a theatre director. He is, uh, his narrative runs parallel to their story in that he's a priest having a crisis of faith. Mm. He has a mother, an elderly mother who he looks after, who... Um, I think we can say, you know, um, passes away and he feels incredible guilt and he's in a bit sort of, a, of a complex over what to do with her and her dying days. Should she be in a hospital? Should she be at Exactly, home? yeah. And he feels incredible guilt. And he's having this loss of faith at the same time when this, like, battle between mm. good and evil is, is happening. Anyway, that's the exorcist. That's the exorcist. That's, that's the lay of the land. Let's get into it. James. It's a big exorcism. Oh, well, actually, one more thing. Yeah. And this, I think, just sums it up. People say that The Exorcist did for horror films like what Jaws did for the blockbusters and what yeah. 2001 did for sci-fi. It's yeah. a cultural defining moment for Completely. the genre. So James, you revisited it after like 10 years. What did you think? Oh, well, uh, easily over 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's watching it in 2022 and thinking back to what it would have been like to see that in, in 73. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, like how that was still a really shocking and difficult watch. Yeah. And given the fact that we have like, I don't know, all the modern like, yeah, euphoria where things yeah. just open with, yeah. with it. I'm like, wow, this is just quite a lot. And one of the things I noticed is that from the get-go, the tension is always up. It never ceases to have a down scene. And there are so many simple scenes that could have been shot on a really boring and like filler kind of, kind of way. Yeah. And it doesn't. It's constantly making you question everything of why yeah. is that person standing there and watching there yeah. I, was, I was i was constantly obsessing over how many things in the background were there to 
unsettle you, distract you, make you feel uneasy. The number of faces that were in the background, mm. and you know, obviously like the faces that, that pop up to yeah. that film. But yeah, it, it is just really quite chilling to its core. Yeah. I, I can't say I was like really, really shocked and scared like I would a modern horror movie might yeah. jump scare me. Yeah. But it's one of those things where the imagery and the way that makes you feel and how you would feel about turning your lights off when you mm. go to sleep at bed is sort of now sewn into me and I feel because I watched it this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just after it, I was like, shit, I need to lie down. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I totally get it. It is it yeah. is you believe the hype. You believe the hype. It is purely unnerving to its core. Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's unsettling and unnerving. And you know what I found, what stood out for me, I was like, as you've just said, mm. this is still shocking. Yeah. I wouldn't the I language mean, I used, the, word, the imagery. Totally. The word, I don't know if I'd use the word scary. Um, I don't know if I felt scared, but definitely the, the scenes of Reagan possessed, you know, uh, throughout the film, they sort of dotted and they obviously build and build until the last third act, which is the exorcism are so shockingly violent and aggressive and and uh, explicit that, you know, I, I watched it with some friends and we were like, yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah, it's a lot. And the way they're cut as well, the, the film otherwise has quite a steady pace to build up to it, which mm. works fantastically. And the final act is just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the, the pace is so um, methodical and really getting you to build in this world, make it very eerie and still mm. it. And then when the... You, it's all in Reagan's bedroom. And there's yeah. this sort of fraught anxiety about opening the door to Reagan's bedroom. As soon as you go in there, it's quick cuts, quick cuts. The sound design is brilliant about furniture moving, things crashing. You never know what, how she's going to react oh. or what she's going to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what that's what stood out for me, how, how genuinely shocking it was. And there were a couple of images in it that are not just graphic and violent, but really chilling. There's one to relate to uh, Father Karras's mother mm. that I was like, oh God, that's, it's not scary. It's just eerie. And it, it doesn't, you, it sounds like such an obvious thing for us because we're so used to the quiet, quiet bang. Here's, yes. here's when you should, we're going to tell you when exactly you're scared. Yeah. But the, the, the face of the devil, I assume, popping up yeah. and the number of times faces, what I said before, like faces appearing. It's, that's the kind of thing, even though it didn't scare you at the time, that image is now in your brain. You feel like when you close your eyes, you're looking at that yeah. exact face and it's the core of your nightmares. Yeah. So just to explain that to people, there's this image uh, like a quick frame it's just almost subliminal yeah. that they flash up from time which is this sort of um, it's almost like in a White makeup, makeup face with like sharp teeth and it's meant to be it's, sort of like it flash is, of the devil yeah the flash of the devil there are face. loads of them there's loads like, you know so in the sort of final scene the, the, the room is stone cold it's like a, a, a freezer yeah. and they actually refrigerated the room oh wow really yeah they did because they wanted to get the, the breath the cold yeah. breath coming out and there's moments when Max von Sydow's character is leaning over the bed and the breath forms the silhouette of a face. Oh, wow. Because I think, I think I saw three flashes of the devil. I think there was like the two and then one towards the end when her face, you can see yeah, it in her face. Yeah, they superimposed the devil's face over Reagan's own possessed there's, face. There's so much to be said about the subliminal imagery mm. in that film, not just the flashes of things that you don't see, um, but the way in which they they wrapped the, the, the corners of the bedpost in this in this like padding to probably for, for plot reasons to stop her hitting herself but it's apparently meant to be like all this horrible phallic imagery on really? as to cast the oh, shadows God. and then the sound design they used really subtle things when you're approaching the door or when bad things would happen they used the sound of uh, a flock of bees and they use the sound of uh, industrial drilling and a pig squealing all subtly in there. And these are like primal triggers to yes. tell you to like avoid, step back, yeah. uh, do not approach. And yes. of course in a cinema yeah, or like yeah. watching a film, you're sat there and it's coming to you. So there's all these things about people having such a profound reaction to it, but these bastards like in the sound design, yeah. 
tapped into your very primal fear of like get away, something approaching, something back. You know, you know that horrible sound of a pig squealing. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, like all of those sounds coming from her. Yeah, and, and it just it just really hits you. And I think there's so much more going on in that film yeah. than you realize. Like I know it, we think of that the scary movie. Tr- uh, trope of like the face paintings in the background mm, yeah. and like the knights in, in the, yeah. like, the knights of arms turning but that if you if you study loads of frames of that film there are always faces in the corners watching yes. and then all of a sudden yes. the devil flashes up and yeah. you just have a heart palpitation there is something um to say to be said about the stillness that uh, i think i think th- there's something incredibly creepy about stillness mm. and uh modern horror films can be very chaotic and loud and, and like you know crash crash bang but there is something that is um you know the the, the like the doctors looking at her there's yeah. this, and th- there's the sterilized stillness of the hospital that um and the images of the face that flash up that yeah. is very the, the the scene with Karis when he has that hallucination about his mother and the subway yes. station that it's always the small things that get you mm. um and uh, the the sound design, I think, is almost like, that's why it won for best sound because yeah. that's where a lot of the horror is. Not only in the way that the house moves and the beds, but the, but Reagan's um, vocal that 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 really is it's the, like a deep yeah, it, male voice. It's that this comes key. Out. It, that's the key to the possession. And what's great is this, the sound design and how Linda Blair's performance matches that. So you never ever feel like there's a disconnect. You never, I never ever felt too much like oh that's been dubbed over. Yeah, her it, performance matches it really well. Really well. And apparently Mercedes McCambridge, who I said did the voice of um, the the devil, they actually strapped her to a chair because um um they strap Reagan to her bed to make mm. sure she doesn't escape. And so there's a lot of writhing and like let. And and they apparently did strap her to a chair to really get that effect of let me out. Yeah. Um. And and that's another thing to say. The voice of the devil is that it's it's the it's not just like you know, fear me. It's it's playful. It's like a really horrible, taunting, and then when vulgar it says personal things to the priest. Yeah. That she would otherwise never know of when you realize you're speaking yeah. to the devil. Really, uh, really horrible things. That there's wonderful stories of how Friedkin was desperate to get real, genuine. Uh, looks of shock and disgust from his actors. Did you, did you hear no, about this? No, no, no. So, you know, there's like scenes where people get slapped by, yes. by Reagan. Like there were moments where Freakin would actually slap people across the face. Wow. Uh, like surprising them before the camera rolled and they would just be disgusted and then he would roll and get their yeah. reaction of them having been just slapped. <laughs> That's so 70s. Just, and it just would <laughs> so like, honestly never happen now. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, there's a moment where Max von Sydow's leaning over and like there's the, all throughout the film, this green pus kind of, comes out oh, of God. Her, and this moment where it splats him right in the eye on his glasses yeah. and on his face he was told that would only hit him on the chest but they changed it to hit him in yeah. the face i think they said it was like a green pea soup uh, but they wanted to capture the disgust of like yeah. him actually realizing it was all over his face well that, yeah we should say like how the to the possession manifests so at yeah. first reagan like comes downstairs during a party and looks like really hung over <laughs> yeah and says to an astronaut who's there he, she says you're gonna die up there yeah. and then she just urinates on the floor right it's a very famous scene and then she's kind of bed bound and then she goes to the hospital and she has a you know and you know that was the scene in the hospital that, that most people found troubling it's not a supernatural scene it's a, it's a type of procedure where they have to yeah. insert a thing into her neck and then the blood spurts out of her neck so they can then put the dye through so they can track where yeah. they're, because they think there's something wrong with her brain. And apparently loads of people were very squeamish about that because of the blood that just spurting out in this very narrow yeah. way. 
And there's something very sterile and horrible about that environment. Um, and then um, that she gets increasingly worse. There's something in the attic moving about, yeah, scratching. Her bed rats. keeps moving. Bed. And she's like, Mom, I couldn't sleep. My bed was shaking. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then she's like, sits. She's talking. They, when the medicine fails, they speak to her like a, almost like a hypnotherapist. And she, mm. she sits there, but her body is like contorted and her eyes are really sullen. And then the voice is getting deeper and her lips are getting cracked. And then eventually she's bed bound. She's tied up and her body is like rotting, peeling, peeling away. Yeah. These, these cuts on her face, her eyes roll back into her head. When they, they strike her with holy water, it like breaks the skin yeah, and wipes but, through. And when she speaks in the devil's voice, her larynx like inflates. In like, you know, it's and, still shocking to, to, to oh, see. Oh, totally. And um, and then of course there's the the, the, the green vomit that she just mm. like spews out almost to, to like mim- uh, to mock the exorcist and the priest. Yeah. So she can tell it smells, even oh, though you, you know it, it smells. And like, oh, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say. So, um, the uh, what happens is after this, Reagan is clearly possessed, and obviously, they go, the mother takes her to the hospital, and it becomes clear that 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 she does need an exorcist. So, so um, this is where Father Karras intersects, and he visits her, and there's this quite strange second actually act where, which I found quite odd, which almost didn't work, where Father Karras she says to him, I think we need an exorcist. And he says, well, you know, let me have a look at her. By the way, the actor who plays Father Karras has like the most 70s face. It's fantastic. Yeah, so right? much. He goes to visit um, her and this is when she's in, like full possessed mode. And he's he speaks to her and he's very calm. And like he says to the mother afterwards, yes, it could all be in her mind, you know, it could be because of psychiatry. And I was like, did you not see her face? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> peeling off like she vomited like green goo how could she's you... got those like eye things in which is oh, just like yeah make her eyes look really horrible I was like, how could you possibly like think that um anyway and there's this attack obviously he puts on this personal attack he, the devil keeps saying to damien Karras, the father saying mm. you know your mother's in here with us you know he, yeah. there's all these voices that are, are, that are in this greek body and his mother was greek yeah and, like all of this kind of stuff and, and there's and, a lot worse language used oh, that we're God, not we can't even repeat it but yeah. but that's what makes it so shocking i mean for me the most shocking scene was the crucifix, crucifix scene. i could not stairs. believe that that was just like, I was, so on that i mean like one of the things you might think again i still think we're desensitized this today but i think in 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 the late 60s it it would have been more horrifying to think that this was play actually played by a 12 year old and not yes. like a 17 18 year old playing young but um it's just william friedkin talking about the fact that quote i thought for a long time we could never make this film we wouldn't be able to cast it um we threw the net out for about 2,000 young girls and we couldn't find anybody who could even handle the subject matter to matter obviously because it's yeah, like it's if fun. you're trying to speak to a 12 year old girl and you're like so this is what you're going to do you're going to stick a crucifix in your what and you what's it like that's quite a yeah. lot to explain and then um <laughs> excellently described from his James. office at six 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 Fifth Avenue, which is an ironic address yeah. if there ever was one. Um, Friedkin and Blatty had given up and started auditioning actresses who were in their late teens. Then 13-year-old Linda Blair and her mother came in without an appointment, hoping to get a shot at the part. At that point, most of Blair's experience had been modeling clothes for advertisements, so not an experienced no. actress at all. Uh, so she sat down with her mother and said, Linda, do you know anything about The Exorcist? Friedkin records. She said, yeah, I read the book. It's about a little girl who gets possessed by the devil and then does a whole bunch of bad things. I said, like, what? What kind of things does she do? He said, teasing her. She told him, well, she hits her mother across the face and she pushes a man out her bedroom window and she masturbates with a crucifix. <laughs> this is the moment with the story that caused more angst than any other and remains a deeply controversial part of the movie, even though it's a scene that is shot from behind and like technically And they use a different can, actress, I think, for the uh, yeah. can be used. Um, I look over and her mother is smiling, Friedkin says. I asked, do you know what that means? She said, yes, it's like jerking off, isn't it? <laughs> when the director took a deep breath and asked if she even knew what that meant, 
And she replied, sure, don't you? <laughs> so she was the only one of the young girls that I felt, I'm quoting well. Freakin, that I felt would not be destroyed by this, by this experience. Um, like, and he's went that he still said he tried to keep the set light and jokey during the most intense scenes to alleviate any residual weirdness for her. Um, if she was bothered by it during production, the rest of the cast couldn't function, nor nor could the crew. She said in the dailies, you'd see her after every take where she's saying the most horrific things. I'd say cut, and then one of the prop men would hand her a milkshake, and she'd be laughing. Uh, the whole thing to her was a game. Great. Even though that's sort of comforting to hear, that wouldn't be. You wouldn't be able to do that today. No, no. Like, I, even I, I, to sit down and talk about the content they just talked yeah. about is not an appropriate thing to do no. with a 12-year-old. It's insane. I think that, um, yeah, that, that scene, it's really, really <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, I'm just trying to think about how it like works now, like 50 years later. I think that, was there anything that didn't work for you in it? Anything that you thought? I'd say if I was to really nitpick, I'd say there are one too many doctor scenes. I could go, yeah, I get it. Like the doctors can't help. I I understood that pretty soon. I like. I loved the image of um, what's face the mother's character sitting in a room with eight white coat doctors and like a guy on a chalkboard and someone studying a book and you could just tell through that visual imagery there's nothing, absolutely nothing, what to do. But there was a lot of doctory stuff. It's called The Exorcist. Yes. We know it's we getting... To, I, I think the film plays a lot of well with that tension of like, he, the film knows that you know it's The Exorcist. You yes. know something scary is coming. Yeah. But it takes a while to really build that out. Um, for me, there was the, it was the way that the, uh, the narrative was focused in that it was a real dis- disconnect between like action and reaction. So for example, people would go up and then this horrible thing would happen with Reagan in her bedroom and then they'd cut and they'd all be downstairs like having tea going, I think there's something wrong with your daughter. And I'm like, <laughs> did no one say? No shit. Yeah, it's almost like Chris, the mother, is in- it's up to her role entirely to be the emotional one who reacts. Sure. There's, there's no other like, good Lord, what's happening to this child? It's just like, I think there's something wrong with the child. She's like, yes, would you help my daughter? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's something really wrong with my, her. My favorite shot or the thing that's like, good burn it to my mind is when, uh, you know, he lifts up the shirt and he sees scratched on her stomach from the inside, help yeah. me. Oh. And cause like the devil had said, she was like, where is, where is she? Like he, she's with us. Yeah. Like yeah. she's inside. Like it's just, you can tell it helped me scratched yeah. on the inside of the tummy. It's just traumatizing. I think, I think that's it. I don't think it's, if someone said to me, is the exorcist scary? I mean, if you're, if you're an adult, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a child, yes. Yeah, hell, um, if, yes. if you're, if you're, I don't know, like uh, an adult who's seen a fair few horror films or even a few, I would say mm. it's not scary in the same, same way I would say something that like, I don't know, uh, like hereditary or like that was even more deeply yeah. disturbed. I think that's our generation. I think that's but, more disturbing. Yeah. yeah. But it is unsettling, shocking, mm. um, and if someone said, well, The Exorcist is 50 years old, should I still see it? I'd say, I think it's, even though we were saying it's diluted now, 50 years later, we still get a, a glimpse reaction. of how powerful that would have been at the time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, t- I think I've told you before, my dad saw it, I think when he was, he was like 17, and he like went home, and he's not religious, but he like, cr- like held his crucifix <laughs> to his chest, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, there was like the biggest rise in reported um, possessions after that film came out, yeah. and it was like everyone just went hysterical for yeah. it um yeah it's 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 completely traumatizing still to watch yeah <laughs> you need a big hug <laughs> you I'm do like, need a big hug yeah yeah um um i'm glad i've seen it i'm glad i've seen it yeah um and i've been to washington where that is filmed and those steps really are there they're yes very, they're I, very famous long narrow steps imagine like 
I hate to make this reference, but you know that scene in Joker where he does the dance? Remember those steps longer like really but narrower. narrower and really unsettling and imposing. And there was nothing like seeing the the shot where the exorcist rocks up out of the cab to the house, oh. the light post and the light coming down. Even though you know that scene and yeah. it's been done in Family Guy and it's just, you've seen the, even the silhouette yeah. and the art of that yeah. like in 2D, seeing that shot and the mist and the fog yeah. and he's just silhouetted and you know exactly what has to happen yeah. and what's about to happen. Yes. The suspense and the tension yes. leading up to it. And it's such a beautifully, uh, just it's, it's painted, it's art. Yeah. It, it really does work still. It's it's not lost its appeal. It's kind of like seeing the binary sunset in Star Wars. It never really yeah, loses its sense the, of wonder. When you first see the shark in Jaws when it comes out the water. Yes. Just that, that's the iconic like, moment. And yes, it's on the poster. Do you know they, they say that, um, it's just beautiful as a picture. As yeah, well, just as, as a, a photo. Picture. They say it comes, uh, it's, got art history uh, reference and that I think it references a Magritte painting called like a symphony of light which is about the it's about the dampness of the light and the and the time of night time of day is it's specific very dusky night, yeah and just the quality of that light is very specific you know how much we talked about its reaction and how it, it like to this day it was the film that shouldn't even have been r-rated it should have been x-rated yes. like it's not for people to see and i think anecdotally so many people i've spoken to who grew up then who were far too young to see it it was the kind of day and age where like you just rocked up to the cinema yeah. and someone would sell you a ticket yeah. it's really appropriate but that reputation of it being so bad that no one should be, be allowed to see The Exorcist. You know, we're talking about it like it's a work of art, but yeah. imagine that being censored. There's this interesting thing about how it actually took a long time to come on to video in the UK. Mm. So The Exorcist was available on home video in 1981 in the UK. After passage of the Film Recordings Act in 1984, the film was submitted to the British Board of Film Classification for a home video certificate. And the director of the board, a guy called James Furman, vetoed the decision to, to grant certification of the film, despite everyone else kind of wanting to, for it to be shown. Yeah. Um, and it was his concern that it, it shouldn't even be an 18 certificate. It should be like a restricted form of, yeah. of art. Um, and that it actually, like the notoriety would entice younger viewers to seek out the film. So as a result, all video copies of The Exorcist were withdrawn in the UK in 1988. And you, it remained unavailable to purchase until 1999. Wow. Isn't that insane? It's a different era. You couldn't, so when we were born, you actually weren't allowed yeah. to buy The Exorcist until 99. This is how much things have changed in terms of like our access to content. Yeah. Now we are just like deluged with it. I rented this. I, got, I just got on Amazon. Yeah, it just yeah, popped yeah. up, right? But like the idea that, yeah, you couldn't get it for years. Because it was just seen as, as too shocking. And there was the religious element of yeah. it. Where it's like, this isn't just shocking. It's also like touching subject matter, which to a lot of old fashioned people mm. or very religious people would have been seen as, no, it's like, you shouldn't be talking about the devil in this way. You shouldn't be filming like a young girl, even for entertainment. Yeah. Like, why would you be entertained by, by that kind of content? And like 1999, you couldn't get it in the UK. But then it just adds to the whole mythos. It, it, I think it makes it even worse. Oh, yeah. I've got that film that's banned. Let's yeah. all watch it. We're 15, we're underage. Like, let's go see it. But did you know in the in America, there was a bigger con controversy because it got released as an R-rated film, which is equivalent, I guess, for like being an, an 18. 18. Yeah, but it really should have been, people said it should have been an X-rated yes. film. Definitely should have been an X-rated film because of the content. But apparently it could have cost- 21 or just like- it's just I think like X-rated, that's like almost like pornography level. Right, it's like, okay. Um, but they say that because it, it costs so much money, I think it went over budget as well, yeah. like, like we talked about with Jaws. Um, Warner Brothers put a lot of pressure on the film classification board to be like, you need to release it as an R because it's open to a wider audience. Yeah. If you need to release it as an X-rated film, no, no one will be able to go it. see it. Um, or a very limited audience will. So that is, it's amazing how that has changed so much. Yeah. Um, but the what has censoring something because it's too shocking. Yeah. Right? And the, I think, I think, 
what's changed is is that, but what hasn't changed is that it's still scary to see uh, a child uh, in that kind of environment. And, yeah. you know, like there's lots of other, like, you know, the, the omen stuff, but yeah, 50 years later, it is still shocking to see a child performed and, and, and presented in that way, even now. I think to sum up then, I'm glad I've watched it. You're mm. glad you've rewatched it. And it's worth rewatching. It is you, worth seeing once. you one. fancy it. It's worth seeing once. A hundred percent. Yeah. It is worth seeing once. And if you're, uh, you know, don't be afraid to watch The Exorcist. It's, you, you can do it. You can, yeah, you can do it. We yeah. believe in you. So. And I just, I just think so many things to appreciate about what, what every scary film you've seen has taken inspiration yeah. from. And just the, the pop culture, being part yeah. of that conversation with pop culture, it's, it's so worth seeing it. Let us know if you do watch it and let us know what you think. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah.